This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. After the bell, within the silence, within myself. And that was American haiku poet and Camden, New Jersey native, Nick Virgilio. Virgilio died at the age of 60 in 1989, but his legacy is alive and well in the South Camden community he lived in, a community that revolved around Sacred Heart Church. Father Michael Doyle gave the eulogy at Virgilio's funeral. Doyle is 74 years old and has been working in Camden for 44 years. The two men were friends. One ran a church and a school that served as an inner city oasis. The other wrote haiku about life in one of America's poorest cities. I spoke with Father Doyle after morning mass on a sunny June day in Waterfront South, the name of the neighborhood that is currently going through a cultural growth spurt. The South Camden Theater Company opened its doors a few years ago. Across the street from Sacred Heart Church, there's a community garden and greenhouse, with a chicken coop and a full-time caretaker. And on the same block, an empty building with a storefront and a slate roof that he hopes will soon be the Nick Virgilio Writer's House. Flag-covered coffin, the shadow of the bugler slips into the grave. This is about his brother Larry in the neighborhood where he grew up in Camden. Atop the town flagpole, a gob of bubblegum holds my dead brother's dime. Nick, um, uh, he, he, he wrote his haiku in the basement of, of the house on an old Remington with two fingers and right beside the washing machine with one naked bulb above his head. That was the scene. And <clears throat> here's, here's this one. My spring love affair. The old upright Remington wears a new ribbon. Nick would say, um, did you ever think of what happened with pets or pets' offspring in the Depression? Well, he, he didn't ever think of that, but then he, then he, he recites this poem that he wrote, and it is the sack of kittens sinking in the icy creek increases the cold. It's brilliant. And then the other one um, that is my uh, favorite of mine is um, the, the blind musician extending an old tin cup collects a snowflake. He went to school, he graduated from Temple University. He, um, he was an English major and, and, and focused on radio. So he came out of school a radio man. And um, <clears throat> that like he was used to call him Nickophonic Nick and he was on the radio in Wildwood in different places and sports games and so he was he was like that. You would know by talking to him that he was a radio man. He didn't like silences or you know like gaps. He was energetic and talkative and so um, <clears throat> he got a job in Texas and he went out there and he worked in Texas. Now he was in a relationship there with, with a, a woman and so it ended up anyway that she was expecting, but she wouldn't marry Nick. Nick was absolutely crushed and broken hearted. 
and he drove across the country from Texas to Camden and he never drove again. And he came back a broken man, absolutely broken. And he went up to Rutgers University, he was going to look up some Chinese poetry and he discovered haiku, the Japanese form of this, you know, short poems like 17 syllables or less. And he got into it, somehow he started and into it and in no time flat he wrote his famous poem which became an extraordinary one and it's uh, Lily, as, as in the water lily. Lily out of the water, out of itself. That was on the cover of the New York Times magazine. Like this man, and it was almost like he was I don't know, like it was a volcano, and then the volcano settled and things began to grow. It was almost like that, it was like an upheaval. And out of his search for meaning and comfort and solace and, and his grieving, these wonderful gems came out of him. So his haiku, it's different to all other haiku because there's a, there's a point in it, there's, a, there's an edge in it, there's, there's a truth in it and um, you know Eugene O'Neill always brought he said there's no truth without tragedy so he out of he would then in his own writing he would be touching elements that are severe in human experience and that's why his poems are so magnificent be here about five times a week and he would he would get on the bus go over to the Reading terminal walk around smell the food hit you with a haiku and come back and maybe bring us some fish or something come in here wash the dishes make tea and hit me with two haiku this was daily so when he died like I was I was devastated because he was he was such a life around me and uh, quite quite extraordinary, but he did come um, in our church and then our church became his community. It was a, a great place for trying out haiku and we would go to hear his readings. So Sacred Heart became like a, a family for him in which he lived for those 14 years. It's funny the way you just described him, it, it sounds more like someone who lives in a monastery than someone who lives in the inner city. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was quite, um, in his, his cell was that spot under the naked bulb. But out of that came this pure beauty that rose out of him. And uh, he lived from that. He was a very poor man. He would always would say, um, I wear dead men's clothes. You know, and he looked good, but he, he wore dead men's clothes. He always said that. He wouldn't have money to buy clothes. He hadn't two pennies in his pocket. And every year we gather at his tomb. Nobody else has a gathering. Every year near his birthday. And there we celebrate him with a cake and the reading of our own haiku. And now a Nick Virgilio writer's house is happening right around the corner. Um, what, what role are the arts playing in this neighborhood today? The church itself is an art center in, because it has 22 canvas paintings and they're like many of them are 60 square feet. And um, 
we um, very soon we're going to um, begin work on uh, the a firehouse that we're on right here that we're turning into an art center where people will art 